This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. We are continuing in our series talking about the power of God. The power of God changes everything. The power of God can be experienced in your daily walk with Him. But there are some keys and some things that we can do that literally will unleash and unlock God's power for our daily living. And so we are talking about these things, and I want to turn our attention today to the Old Testament in the book of 2 Chronicles. Uh, we are going to look specifically at one verse in chapter 16, but I'm going to give you some background in chapter 15 because King Asa is who we're talking about, and King Asa did some incredible, great things and was blessed mightily by God. And in today's uh, looking at uh, uh, the power of God working, we're going to concentrate, if you want to write down, obedience and relationship. Obedience and relationship. Because these two words are highly connected. They're highly connected with the Lord. First, let's look at uh, chapter 16 uh, of 2 Chronicles, verse number 9. This is what it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. And that, of course, is the New American Standard translation. And so I want to focus on that verse uh, because uh, we, th this is a journey with the Lord. How many of you know when we talk about obedience, we are not talking about perfection. There is none who have met the mark of God, no, not one. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are missing. But there is something special in relationship that relates to your obedience. The more I fall in love with God, the more my heart naturally bends to wanting to do His will. The more my love weans from the Lord, the less I find me really desiring the things of God. So if you want to be obedient to the Lord... Don't concentrate so much on saying, oh, i got to do this and i got to do that. What, I can't do this and I can't. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with God and you will find your heart will naturally go to where he is. So I want to look at the life of King Asa because in this we are going to find 
some key things regarding obedience and relationship. First of all, let's look at chapter 15, if you're following, and look at verse number 2. It says, And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, the prophet of the Lord, Listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. Wow, what a statement. He will, if you seek him, he will let you find him. I love that. It's, it's like you playing hide and seek with your little two-year-old. You know that if dad really wants to go someplace that they can't find him, they're never going to find him. But what? He allows the two-year-old to find him. He allows. God allows you to find him. But then it says, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, this is important because this is relational. Hear this. Because when I talk about obedience, too often we get hung up on perfection. And we get discouraged because we, we fail to meet the, the holy standard of God. Oh, how many times have I been there in my life? How many times I have been in the presence of the Lord over issues that I thought, God, I, I thought this was settled. And yet... When it talks about a heart who is fully his, it's not talking about perfection. If he was, none of us would be there. He's talking about a heart who is after the Lord. I will tell you, a heart that is after the Lord, even when they fall, they get back up and they continue in the Lord. The Bible says it this way. The righteous man falls seven times, but the Lord upholds him with his hand. And why? Because the righteous man continues to pursue the Lord. You look at everybody who has ever walked with God. They had some issues. You want to talk about Abraham? You want to talk about Moses? You want to talk about David? Now, the scripture says David was a man after God's own heart. You say, well, how can that be? Because when David came face to face with sin, he said, oh, Lord, that is true. I am a horrible sinner. Please change me. I repent. That's a man with a heart after God. So I want you to see when we, when we look at this first place where King Asa turned his heart toward him, the, the prophet came and he said, the Lord is with you when you are with him. Now that's a statement. I will tell you that there are many times in my walk with Jesus where unintentionally I have found, God, I've wandered off. I need to get back to where you are. That's different than forsaking him. Do you hear me? Forsaking is a 
purposeful rejection of saying, God, I do not want you anymore. That's different than when you've wandered off and realized, Lord, where are you? I'm, I'm out here too far. <laughs> you hear me? Because we get hung up on this perfection thing. Asa was a man who, with all of his heart, it says in verse number four, in their distress, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him and he let them find him. <laughs> Hallelujah! When I'm in trouble and I turn to God and repent, he allows me to find his grace. He allows me to find him. Praise the Lord. That gives me incredible encouragement. But then, you look in chapter 15 there, although Asa did some incredible things, including taking his own mother out of power because she was wicked. Now, that's somebody whose heart is with God. That's a hard decision. But yet, here it says in... And that's the first thing I want to talk about. I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to talk to you about, I kind of want to go backward through this. If we look at verse 9, you know that if, that if you've been here at North Lake Church any amount of time, I love going through a verse or a passage very systematically from the top. I'm going from the bottom up. <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose today. Because I think the first thing we need to address is our heart. And we need to understand that, yes, uh, obedience is, is uh, connected to relationship, but Jesus said it this way. If you want to write this verse down, Jesus said in John 14, 21 through 23, that those who love him will keep his commandments. That's just a fact. If you're with the Lord and you fall in love with him, you will keep his commands. And his commands won't be burdensome. They'll be a joy. Because relationship, when it's good, brings joy. <laughs> and so you look at, at when the prophet of the Lord came to Asa, and he started these reforms. He rebuilt the altar of the Lord in verse number 8. He removed all the idols, rebuilt the altar of the Lord. That was in the 15th year of his reign. Now if you jump ahead to where we were in verse number 9, right, yeah, chapter 16, verse number 9, thank you, you will see in the first verses of chapter 16, Asa did something that all of us have done from time to time. And that is, we quit relying on the Lord and went back to doing what we always do. I, I mean, how many times have I done that? I've relied and relied on the Lord, been in His blessing, and all of a sudden I find myself out there and I think, wait a minute. Am I, am I relying on the Lord here? 
And that's what happened with King Asa. And here he was, it was wonderful, no wars. The Lord gave them rest on every side, it says. Chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. It says the Lord gave them rest from everything. No war. But then, although it says in verse 17 of chapter 15 that Asa's heart was completely blameless and he loved the Lord, no doubt. But in this, look back. Catch this. in, In chapter 15, verse 17, it says Asa's heart was blameless. He was committed to God. But then in 9, it says what? You have acted foolishly in this. See, that's not someone who's rejected the Lord. That's someone who's being disciplined because God says, you got out there and you're doing something you're not counting on me for at all. You're out there by yourself. And when that happens... God can't bless it. <laughs> and that's what happened to King Asa. God didn't bless it. <laughs> because instead of relying on the Lord like he'd done in the past, he didn't inquire of the Lord at all. <laughs> he just did whatever he wanted. By the way, that happened in the 36th year of King Asa's reign. So that's from the time he fully committed to the Lord, did all those reforms and took his mother out of leadership, did all of those things, 21 years had passed. He got comfortable. That's easy to do in your relationship with the Lord. That's why you need to fan the flame sometimes. In fact, in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, when Jesus is talking to the church, he says one thing that I bring up against you. You've lost your first love. Fall in love with me again. Fall in love with me again. Those of you who have been in marriage know if you want to keep your love alive, Time, investment, and effort. You show me people who aren't willing to put time or invest, and that includes funds. Investment is time, money, whatever. Investment, time, and effort. And if you don't do that, guess where your love goes? Goes out the window. Yet how many of us don't put any time, no effort, and Lord forbid we should ever spend anything on us spiritually? Yet we have every toy we could ever want. But we wonder why we don't love God. Because your love goes where you've been investing. And if you've been investing in the, your, in the world, that's where your love will be. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Those whose heart is fully the Lord's has to do with relationship, not perfection. That's what I want you to get. 
So it wasn't because Asa just made a mistake and God said, okay, that's it. After 21 years, you made a mistake and now you're toast. That's not how God works. In fact, this is the thing that's tragic. If you look at verse number 10 and 11 and 12 of chapter 16, even though Asa, it said, loved the Lord, this one thing, it stuck with him so bad that he got a disease in his feet and he refused to seek God for healing. And it cost him his life. Not because God didn't love him. Not because God was still angry that he did that one thing. Because Asa never turned back to find the Lord. You hear me? Don't let anything, and I mean anything, don't let anything, event, thing, person, whatever it is, nothing is worth your relationship with God. And in this, uh, again, I, I'm not here to, you know, I, I know some people have taken this and said, well, Asa, uh, I, I, I don't think he made it. I don't think that's what the Scripture says, and I'd leave that in God's hands. Don't be the judge. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. What would it have taken for Asa to hear from the Lord or to, to, for the Lord to be with him if he would have simply said at that moment, like David did. I'm giving you an example. David got confronted. David did horrible things, committed adultery, then murdered the husband of the woman he committed adultery with so he could have her. That's wicked. But he repented. He genuinely said, God, I am the man. God, I need you to clean this heart. And guess what? God blessed him, and he was one of the greatest kings Israel had. If Asa simply would have said, you're right, God, I've done a foolish thing. I repent right now. There would have been peace again, I'm convinced. You look at the heart of God, but because he didn't, he didn't experience peace. So the first thing is those whose heart, and I wanted to cover this specifically this length of time because I think we struggle with obedience and relationship. I think sometimes we think that obedience to God, if it's not in absolute perfection, that God doesn't love us, that we're not in relationship. Well, guess what? God knows our own fickled hearts. And God knows when I fall down for the tenth time and skin my knee deep, that if I'll just get back up and keep my eyes on Jesus, he'll love me and heal my knee and continue his relationship with me. Hallelujah. Amen? All right, so the next thing, let's talk about it. Oh, in fact, before we do that, I do have scriptures for you. 
I wanted to make sure you get these down. I didn't want to, because I want you to know it's in other places in Scripture. Those whose heart, that write these down. In fact, the one in Joel, chapter 2, 12 through 14, specifically talks about repentance. That when you turn to God, God hears you. God's merciful. God's abounding in grace. God hates sending uh, uh, calamity. He, he wants to bless you. Okay. Oh, I moved them, didn't I? I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep them up there for a minute. So, in, in this talk, finishing up then on obedience and relationship and it not being about perfection, we have to see that God is a perfect heavenly father. This is one he's having to take me through because I did not have a uh, father that I could relate to at all on earth. And God many times has told me over and over again that I equate my heavenly father to my earthly father and the two aren't the same. For those of you who have great fathers, praise God, but they still aren't the same. <laughs> You hear me? He's still not like God the Father who's perfect. He's perfect in his love. He's perfect in what he does. So those whose heart, and then we're going to move on to this. Those who he looks to strongly support. Do you not get excited about that? Do you realize now again, we're not talking about you have to be perfect. We're talking about that your heart has to be his. He will look to strongly support you. Praise God. We're talking about the power of God being released on you. That's what he's talking about. When it says that he looks to, to not, to, to kind of give a, Half a help. No, <laughs> that's not what it says. It says he looks for those who he can strongly support. Now that's the support that raised Christ from the dead. <laughs> that's the power that God wants to have available for those whose heart is walking after him. Praise the Lord. You say, well, Pastor Brian, can I really expect that? Yes. You can fully expect that he will strongly support. He will give his power. In fact, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, says, They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Even young people, the scripture says, will horribly fail. But God will give power to those who wait on him. Thank you, Lord. Young men, it says, stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That's talking about relationships. That's what that's talking about. 
Not perfection, relationship. All right. So God is uh, looking for those whose heart, and then he's looking to strongly support. He's looking to strongly support. I want to emphasize that again. Sometimes I think that we think that, again, looking at, well, you know, they must be more obedient to me than me. God, God's surely going to help them with his right arm, but he's just going to give me his pinky. We compare with one another all the time, don't we? But you know what I find as an earthly father? That every one of my children, though they be different, every one of them has and commands my absolute love. I know that for a fact. And if I, as an earthly father, can grab hold of that, how much more does our heavenly Father love you? Hallelujah. So, okay, let's look at some scriptures that talk about God strongly supporting you. Again, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. That's the one we looked at. Isaiah 41, 10. If you look there, Ephesians chapter 3, 16. This is Paul's prayer for the church. Guess who's included in the church? You and I. <laughs> okay? So that's his prayer for us, and he is praying that we have strength in our inner man. <laughs> and then, I love this last one. And by the way, this was not an exhaustive list. The, the scriptures I could have put up here are exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I could just be putting the, uh, literally uh, throughout the entire scripture, we've going page after page after page. Okay, I picked out some of the ones I wanted to highlight. This last one is Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the men and women of faith that had faith in God and did exploits for the Lord. And it talks about here that they received power in their time of struggle. Wow. Are we okay? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he gave those who were in, uh, uh, who did exploits for God. They, uh, some of them co cost them their life. But you look at their life, they experienced the power of God. They experienced God moving with power in their lives. Praise the Lord. So he's looking to strongly support. He's looking for those whose heart is after him, not perfect. And then I want to talk to you about the first one. I looked for, I, I, I couldn't find exactly what I wanted, but I thought this was good. The eyes of God. Roam to and fro. He sees all the world at once. Do you realize that? When he looks, because he's God, he's able to see everyone all at once. 
And God's heart, even though it's hard for us to understand, is for everyone, although I've talked to you about this, he loves everybody, but not everybody's blessed by God. Because there are many who aren't even in relationship to receiving Jesus into their heart yet. They're still in their sin, lost, and haven't made a commitment to Him. Now, God loves them, but God isn't able to bless them like He wants. But the eyes of the Lord, it says, do you, do you see, do you understand what this means? The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the entire earth that he may. He's literally looking for a chance to give you his power, to strengthen you. Now that needs to give you encouragement. He's literally looking for an opportunity to strengthen you. Not those whose lives are perfect, those whose lives will continue trusting him. So often in my life, when I have failed, I get so discouraged and think, God, I'm just better off not serving you. I, I can't walk and chew gum spiritually at the same time. Yet only to find that the Lord says, Son, when I looked at your life, I didn't, if your life was this long, this is when you were born, this is when God only knows my life is over. There's many years I spent my Christian life thinking that God forgave me of my sins and that I was born here and this is where I gave my heart to the Lord and so the Lord said, you're forgiven. That's not the picture you need to understand. When God looked... He looked at my life and said, paid in full. That does not give me a license for sin. That gives me a license to serve him with all of my heart. I will never forsake him. Because even when I fall, he loves me and he encouraged me and he says, Son, I love you. Get back up. I'll walk with you. And when I keep my eyes on the cross and when I recognized that that was the depth of his forgiveness, it took me to a new level of love with God. And what I found is all those times I was trying under effort to be obedient to God and failing, I all of a sudden was just doing naturally because I realized his love for me. I had people that said, well, I can't believe you do this and you can't do that. I said, you don't understand. You don't understand the relationship. I am, it is a joy to be a child of the king.
his eyes roam throughout. All right, let's look at scriptures. The eyes of the Lord, Matthew 6, 26. Jesus talks about, aren't you more valuable than the birds of the air that God provides for? Matthew chapter 10, 21 through 31, 29 through 31 is where Jesus says, Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father knowing it? And aren't you more important? What is the point? The point is, when the scripture says he's looking, nothing escapes his sight. Now that is important because until you find your significance in God, your self-evaluation will always be false and worldly. You hear what I'm saying? The world right now is saying, build yourself up, focus on yourself, it's all about you. I tell you, until you find your self-identity in Him, You'll never know who you are. You'll struggle. (laughs) You'll continue to try to fill your life with everything to become significant. Because your life is only significant when you find it in Him. First Peter 5.7 says, Cast all of your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Every anxiety, every care, cast it on him. He knows. He understands. And then this is the one I absolutely love. You've got to write that down. Isaiah 49, 15 through 16. You probably have heard me share this scripture because this one is so important in your identity with Christ. He says, can a mother forget her own child? He says, I don't think so. But then he says... Even though she may, I'll never. Even though that might be a chance of a mom, especially in a fallen world, forsaking her own child, I'm perfect, I'm God, I won't do it. (laughs) That is exciting. God says, I will not forget you. And then in verse 16... He says, I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. Do you realize that Jesus still has the scars from the nails? And you know what's on his hand? Your name, your name, your name. It's a covenant done in love because he loved you and me. And our names are written. (laughs) He has us on the palm of his hand. Here's what you need to understand. No one is insignificant or overlooked by God. Not one person. If you've ever struggled thinking, why am I here? What is my existence worth? Do you realize, again, there's only one you in the world? I don't care if you're how close you are to your mom or your dad or what similarities you may have. No one is like you on the face of the earth. God's got a purpose. God's got a reason. 
And in this obedience and relationship, God is saying, if I just have your heart, I will look to fully strengthen you wherever you are at all times. You say, yeah, but but King Asa didn't get his support. I say to you again, all it would have taken is for that prophet to have said that and Asa's knees to have hit the ground and said, God, what have I done? I call out to you. And that same God in chapter 15 that heard the cry of Asa would have again heard his cry. So you see, run to God. The only one that isn't shocked when you fall is God. And, and really, not most of us are shocked. I mean, most of us other understand, I've got a lot of times that I'm going to fall. But in case you find somebody that just thinks they're all that in a bag of chips, God isn't surprised when we fall. If we'll turn to Him, He will meet you right where you are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! I'm talking about connecting you in with God's power in your daily walk. The thing to do when you miss the mark, I I get to where I want to be in such contact that even when I'm just walking and I begin to hint that my mind is wanting to take a cutoff, I say, Lord, forgive me. I I don't want to go down in that thought. Pull me back. I want to do it long before I'm down there two, three days. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? I want to catch it there, praise God. See, if I catch it up here, I I haven't caused any harm to anybody else. (laughs) If I don't catch it there, I may have to not only take care of myself, I may have to confess and ask someone for forgiveness, I may have to do a lot of things. But catch it there. (laughs) Amen? Bow your head with me.